Welcome to Cabot Coverage, the podcast where three sisters and a beloved family friend discuss the crime-solving adventures of mystery novelist Jessica Fletcher on Murder, She Wrote. I'm Susanna. I'm Megan. I'm Glyneth. And I'm Ashley. And tonight we're talking about episode 21 from season three, The Days Dwindle Down, which originally aired on the 19th of April, 1987. So this is a little bit of a complicated episode, Um, So before I go into the writers and the synopsis and everything, this episode involves an unusual format, which I don't think I've ever seen before, where they are solving a mystery that happened 30 years prior, and they're using clips from a black and white film from 1949 called Strange Bargain to portray the flashbacks of the murder so we think that happened then and they have the three of the actors from that movie reprising their roles in this so it's actually pretty cool because you get to see the younger versions of themselves in the old movie then act out they've changed the storyline and we can talk about this storyline in in this episode um but yeah the the reason why the kid that played Sidney Jarvis wasn't in this one was because he'd retired from acting and he was an LA uh, sheriff's deputy (laughs) at the time so they got fan favorite Richard Boehmer in to act and um, they didn't bring back Edna Jarvis and we can talk about that because uh, the actress that played her had died in 1980 so some of them had had come back but um, the title comes from um, September Song which was from the 1938 Broadway musical, Knickerbocker Holiday. And I don't know what the connection is between that and the movie. <laughs> there you go. Um, so yes, yeah, so the writer for this episode is Philip Gerson. We know Philip because he wrote Just Another Fish Story, which we just covered a couple weeks ago. Um, and he's written a total of 37 episodes. As we remember, he also has written the Grady Fletcher Donna getting married episode, which we haven't covered yet, but we will. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I guess just to get into it and go through it. So Jessica is staying at a hotel in Palm Springs. Does anyone know where they're <laughs> meant to be? I have no idea. It's somewhere beachy, I'm assuming. Wait, no, because they said that he went to the Santa Monica Pier. Yeah, so LA. LA. It was LA. You're right. It was LA. Okay, so she's staying in a hotel in L.A., and she's approached in her room by a waitress from the cafe called Georgia Wilson, who's played by Martha Scott, asking her to investigate the crime that her husband, Sam Wilson, played by Jeffrey Lynn, supposedly committed 30 years ago. He has just gotten out of prison, having served his 30 years for murdering his boss, Mr. Jarvis. Um, But Sam claims that it was actually that Jarvis was gonna commit suicide, but in order for his family to get the insurance money that he had put together for them, he needed it to look like murder. So he was gonna kill himself and then ask Sam to to make it look like murder and pay Sam money to do that. So Sam did it, but then by doing that, he basically becomes the prime suspect in the case. Sam has a son called Rod Wilson, played by Art Hindle, who's investigating the murder to try to clear his dad. He's married to Terry, played by Debbie Zip, who's pregnant. So they're all trying to move on, but Sam can't seem to move on. So Jessica agrees to take on the case. And in doing so, she interviews uh, Sidney Jarvis, who's Mr. Jarvis's son, played by Richard Boehmer. 
Mr. Jarvis's old secretary, Thelma Vante, played by June Havoc. Dorothy Hearn Davis, played by Susan Strasberg, uh, who is Mr. Jarvis's former business partner and rival's granddaughter, because Mr. Hearn, I guess, has long since passed. And in the mix is also Edna Jarvis, who it turns out is in a care home because she's, I, you know, I guess senile, played by Gloria Stewart, as well as the detective who was investigating the original case, retired Lieutenant Richard Webb, played by Harry Morgan. So it turns out what actually happened was that Edna Jarvis accidentally killed her husband. She walked in on him trying to kill himself, and she was trying to take the gun off him and shot him by accident. And Sidney covered it up and let Sam go to jail because he didn't want his mother to go to jail. And in the end, they agree not to pursue charges, and Sam has gotten closure and can move on with his life. So there you go. Quite a long synopsis there, but um, it's a bit of a complicated episode. And just to add, the original film ending, Edna did kill her husband, but she'd done it on purpose because he was going to back out of the suicide thing. And this is in the movie, I mean. And so the cop gets her, Webb gets her before she can kill Sam. That's how the movie ends, which is interesting. So, um, so yeah, I, you know, it's an interesting one. I I really like the storytelling in this, but I was just interesting to know what you guys thought of it as well. So it's interesting that the movie actually has a happy ending, the actual movie, because unhappy. No, no, the, the actual movie the right it ends happily in that sam doesn't go to jail he's freed presumably he gets to keep the money and edna it's it's sadder because edna purposefully killed her like it's more evil i guess her son no no she she just tries to kill sam sam's the guy who's trying to cover it all up and um because this this is sadder you're right this is not Mm. as thrilling it's more sad yeah that an innocent guy would spend 30 years in prison yeah it's sad well and i guess the implication is that sydney's sort of ruined his life trying to kind of cover up this crime you know that he's sort of this now stunted person because he's obviously very weird and they all sydney ruined his own life yeah yeah doing this thing because he obviously feels I think you're meant to think he feels bad about it and he sort of been and now he can't kind of move on with anything I mean just sort of stuck in that house like miniatures (laughs) (laughs) was that your first red flag Megan you're like uh oh this guy's gonna be weird (laughs) I mean but I think he's doing all right with that like massive mansion in LA yeah, that house with the <laughs> wood paneling and stuff was quite beautiful. No, I mean, look, I think a guy that's super into miniatures and like model villages is just Love like, it. a catch. Like, super. Was it a battle recreation too, or was it just? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I thought it was a battle, but I, I, I'm sure he said like a battle of X, and I thought it was like World War Two or something. And I, yeah, but it, it was. I think it was the Battle of Cabot Cove. If I <laughs> <laughs> and then off to the side is the reenactor that's fallen into a hole because he got chased by a dog. <laughs> kind of that they buried. <laughs> but where's Joshua Peabody? It was yeah. a battle reenactment, but then it looked like like a ski village. Like it, it looked, yeah. 
It looks like one of those winter villages you put up during Christmas. Which you know, I love. Like on a mantle. Yeah. I don't want to lose audience members, but the the fascination with the miniature stuff, I just can't. I, I cannot understand that at all. It has all of his paints out and everything so he can paint. Oh, and they painted like, under like a big magnifying glass too. And it takes a lot of like precision, oh, but it's no, not you. for me. No, Look, I don't have the kind of patience for that. His attention to detail is admirable and makes him a great catch. <laughs> Although now I'm looking at like things around my house that are like miniature Building. <laughs> Do we want to talk about the 101 Dalmatians again? I'd rather not get into that. Actually, I would like our audience to know what Glenna said to me. She threw away my. Megan, <laughs> <laughs> if you think I'm editing it out of the last episode, you've got another thing coming. That's my favorite bit. Oh, okay, I, I was concerned and I didn't know if I needed our. Oh, I, I, keep, I keep all that stuff in. Our listeners are like, wow. She really hasn't gotten over this. <laughs> right. They're like, this is now twice. <laughs> Megan, what miniatures do you have? Like, do you have, I don't think you, you don't have like a full village. If they're just little pieces here and there, I mean, I probably have the same thing. Yeah, they're just little pieces. Like I'm looking at two buildings specifically. Your curio cabinet? No. <laughs> you know she has one. You open no, her closet, it's all the way in the back. <laughs> I don't have primary. It's hidden for it's hidden for guests. <laughs> Megan, do you want a curio cabinet? I think we should get her one. I mean, I feel like if I had room, I'd probably have one, but there's it's all fit in real yeah. So how about this for your 30th birthday coming up? Yeah, thank you, Glenna. <laughs> we do a miniature curio cabinet for your miniatures. Yeah, I want you to create miniatures of Cabot Cove and like where everybody's houses are. And oh, then my like God, that oh my God, that Oh my God, I want that. People. Megan, I'll buy that from you. Like the Reddit's Beauty Salon? You yes, can auction of course. it. Okay, that's great. Sorry, yeah, I forgot we talked about the 101 Dalmatian incident already. So I, I do have a miniature Golden Girls replica. You do? Yeah. Okay, that's with the lanai? No, the whole house. Oh my God. It's in a box <laughs> in my closet. You need a Why don't keep it, it out. out. Yeah. Well, I don't know how to put it out. And then I was telling, I was like telling my mom, I was like, oh yeah, I'll put like, I'll get a display case for it and put it out. And my mom reminded me that I'm single and that whoever I bring over may be um, deterred if I were to showcase a Golden Girls miniature. Um, like you're the Richard Boehmer. <laughs> that was like when I told Oliver I wanted a Flemish giant, which is about like a 20 pound bunny rabbit. <laughs> They're huge. <laughs> Sometimes up to 30. And he was like, you're single and having a giant bunny rabbit flop around might be a buzzkill. Yeah, it was like a one-two punch of like, oh, you're single. Did you forget? Also, your interest might deter you from getting a partner. <laughs> like, I get it. But also, it's like, how long before you mention it? Do you know what I mean? Is that like fourth date stuff? Like, you want to present like the person that you are. And I think I think having a curio cabinet of a Golden Girl set up in your house. I just or don't Cabot Cove. Or Cabot Cove. It's just like, this is something I like. 
because I bet they show up with some gross Red Sox hat and you'd be like, great, you're into baseball. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> like, they're allowed to have their interest. You just lost you every no interest <laughs> in the greater Boston Wait, area. Is it, is it dodgeball when he goes over to her house and he's like, dear Barbara. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I'm just, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the Red Sox. It's like, I have no interest in sports, but some people really like sports and right. they normally present that is like the first thing that they present about themselves through like clothing or discussion of sports that's true and I sit there and I'm like is there like are there hot dogs at the stadium because I'm not going unless the food is now holding up her notes to get us back on track (laughs) (laughs) did you scratch your nose again I did on accident (laughs) Did you get the other side this time? So it's bleeding out of both? No, it's the one. Okay, Susanna, you have to edit this out. Anyways. I was going to mention that the I forgot how this episode opened, and there were a couple of bits of it. that Because I actually really like this episode, and I find it quite compelling. So I didn't actually write down that many notes because I sort of was just watching it. Like I ju- you sort of get sucked, especially into the old movie bits. Those bits are really fun to watch. Mm-hmm. But two things happened within the first, like, I don't know, two minutes of the show. One is <laughs> Jessica's having lunch or whatever in this cafe. The number of shirtless men behind her <laughs> sat in the cafe walking around I was like where is this man this is why I was like is this Palm Beach or like Miami myself for missing that I'm so, so sad I missed that I was so distracted by her publicist blue baby blue and white striped sweater with a matching baby blue polo underneath it also looked like it had some text along the lines of like live laugh love i don't think it was that but it it was like (laughs) (laughs) i was just like i have so many questions about like why this and also like so many layers for she was wearing like a shirt like i mean i didn't think he needed to be so bundled and now i'm mad because that prevented me from seeing half naked men i mean so that guy was all he's only in one other murder she wrote and that is dead heat and i think so the character he played in that was ernie i think that's the cab driver so that actor apparently was a stand-up comedian and i think this was true in dead heat as well they kind of let him riff it seems like a little bit like or like he's meant to be the jokester because this is not a joke heavy episode but it's like in the beginning he's like yeah you could sell a book and it would be like blah 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 blah. and then I felt like in Dead Heat that was a similar role with the cab driver and I can't quite remember it but Mm -hmm. so we had the shirtless guys we had the comedian we also had god I don't want to sound mean it's like the world's oldest waitress. <laughs> like, they can't find her another job where she doesn't have to be on her feet all day. Like that seems crazy to me. I actually, I know you thought this episode. You're right. Overall, not very funny. But I actually thought the major G or like the head of the hotel. Yeah, I, was, I thought he was so funny because one of the opening things 
I didn't realize she was a waitress till she goes up to Jessica's room when she's fooling with the flowers and he he's just like a jerk to her about it. he's like let's let the florist deal with this I was like wow he's being really rude to this lady but I didn't, I didn't realize later that she's a waitress in the restaurant so there was also another bit that I wrote down which is that the book she was talking about was called The Stain on the Stairs did anybody <laughs> else catch that yeah <laughs> Wait, the book she was talking about with the publicist? Yeah. Yes. The, the stain on the stairs sounds like someone had a wee on the stairs. <laughs> Doesn't it? Yeah, it does. But I also want to know where the corp, what the corpse is doing. Or like you were like finding people going up the stairs and like drop some ketchup on the stairs. You're like, ooh, I'm going to like rub that into the carpet and like hope people forget about it and then run upstairs. The stain on the stairs? <laughs> It would be like the corpse and the stain on the stairs. <laughs> the corpse danced on the stairs. <laughs> the corpse danced on the stain on the stairs. <laughs> I was gonna say, oh, this is like a later up. Maybe this is a later episode where they ran out of titles, but this is not. This is like season four, three, three. <laughs> So they're already getting to the stain on the stairs. The killer is called Collect <laughs> and Stain to the Stairs. <laughs> I like. I would love to read the killer called Collect because that seems like that just gives away anytime anyone calls Collect in the book. What did they say? We don't know. We they don't like, know. didn't know his, his or her um, calling card number. <laughs> <laughs> These are obviously like not today's sort of killers because um they don't use pay phones <laughs> like, they, like they would have to accept the call and if that happened at any point throughout the book then you'd be like okay but i feel like wasn't there like a thing oh what's the what's the movie where it's like they're calling from inside the house oh, when, like a the calls. when a stranger calls but there's a yeah i mean scream oh, too right no, but there's a, well, this is uh, older, yeah. but there's also like <laughs> when a stranger calls back. Oh, yeah, Carol Kane's in it. I mean, these are like seventies or eighties, and I think it involves a ventriloquist. I I could be wrong. Oh my god, Megan, that's right. <laughs> I was gonna say I was like I don't think I've seen that one, and as soon as you said ventriloquist, I was like I have absolutely <laughs> seen that movie. <laughs> I feel like Oliver said that, like, you maybe want to, I don't know, maybe edit this out, but like, that it was a derogatory term to call a ventriloquist a triloquist. <laughs> 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 like, like a damn dirty triloquist. <laughs> oh my god, I forgot about brother, that. It was pretty funny. It was. <laughs> So we th th these are our opening shots of this episode. So I don't know, like, if you're then you're like, okay, this is gonna be either a really serious one, which of course it ends up being, but it's serious, but also because of the flashbacks, it's like quite fun because it's like cool to see the like actors have aged in real time because it's meant to be thirty years ago, but the movie is almost forty years old. But it's. I don't know. It may, and then obviously you have Richard Boehmer and he's very, I think, very good at like yeah, this sort that. of, he's so, it almost, he's, he sort of forget that he's acting sometimes because he's so 
it like his weirdness is so real. Like there's something about it that feels like this is a fundamentally damaged person. Um, yeah, I really like him. I also really like the part where the wife goes up to Jessica's suite and she's like, knocks on the door. She's like, I could get fired for even like coming up to your suite. And Jessica's like, I'm listening. <laughs> she, but she doesn't invite her in right away. It's like, Jessica, let me see. And also that woman should be living on a pension by now <laughs> for like 10 years, be living on a pension. <laughs> so Martha Scott, who played Georgia Wilson was 75 and Sam Wilson, uh, Jeffrey Lynn, who played Sam Wilson was 78. So yeah, that would that you know they've styled her hair older, but I thought she looked really. I thought they both looked really good, actually. They did. They looked great. I mean, I it's interesting because it, yeah, they they both do look good, and I guess the son is uh thirty nine, so I guess that kind of makes sense that he would have been a boy when the when the husband went off to to jail. So all the ages kind of line up, which is nice. Um. June Havoc, who plays Thelma, the secretary, was um, 75. So June Havoc, according to Wikipedia, was Gypsy Rosalie's sister and also pushed by the mother into, like, vaudeville stardom and was in a lot of movies, too, actually, and was very um, attractive as well, but not quite as well-known, I guess, as Gypsy Rosalie because there hasn't been a sort of musical about her. It's not what they... I can't remember the name right now. It's not Baby Jane because that's obviously that. No, it was. It was like Baby June. It was. It was something yeah. like that. Um, and you know, these and she these was bad the mom as a kid, and they would travel. And the old oh, is that what it is? Yeah, and Gypsy Rosalie was kind of the forgotten sister, and then she obviously then became a big star. But I like I like June Havoc, Havoc and I. I liked her in this episode a lot. I thought she was really fun. And when she talked about her, her ex-husband, that he was like a real hunk, and she was going to take those pictures. Well, it's funny. She died in, two, not, it's not funny that she died. Right. She died in 2010. She was 97. So wow. she was around, I don't know when Gypsy Rose Lee died. Um, and then, and then, um, so they, obviously I was saying before that the lady that played Mrs. Jarvis in the movie had passed away before this episode was filmed. So they brought in Gloria Stewart to play Edna Jarvis, who of course, who was an actor in the 30s and 40s, but of course gained fame in the, in the 1990s because she played the older version of Rose in Titanic. So she had this like then uh... meteoric second career um, and she passed away in 2010 also, and she was 100 years old when she died. Wow. So it's a really interesting, and also, this is such a weird pedigree for this guy. Susan Strasberg, who plays Dorothy Hearn Davis, the, the you know granddaughter, is actually the daughter of Lee Strasberg, who is, who's the big acting coach for all of these people from the, like, I guess he would have been like 60s and 70s, something like that. Well, really let Jessica have it. And that, oh, that was interesting. Get out, <laughs> Mrs. Fletcher. That's so interesting. And it, sadly, Gypsy Rose Lee died at 59 of lung cancer, but her estate oh. was worth what would be the equivalent of almost $4 million today when she passed. Wow. Yeah. She's buried, she's buried down the street from me in Inglewood. Is that right? That's what it says, which is wild. 
wait a minute. So, but she and her sister did not have the baby, whatever happened to baby <laughs> Jane relationship. That's made up, right? That's, it's, I feel like that childhood is supposed to be the same, but no, I don't think they okay. tried to torture each other. <laughs> okay, sorry. So they maybe potentially got along. Wait, what, <laughs> is, what is whatever happened to baby Jane about? Because I literally thought it was about a missing baby Jane. No, it's. No. <laughs> it's funner than that, Ashley. I'll tell you that. It's real fun. I'll give it's a really dark. quick rundown, but Betty Davis as a kid is like, this like blonde, like she's the cute star, and the it's other really and, yes, and Joan Crawford is not, and they obviously are played by different people. And then as adults, they're living together, and Joan Crawford is in a wheelchair, and you don't really fully understand why till the end of the movie. And Betty Davis is taking care of her, but is still wearing like blonde ringlets and like tormenting her. Yeah, it's a great movie. Actually, I highly recommend. It's like Misery meets Feud or yes. something yes. like that. But it's more like it's so campy. But so French and Saunders, the <laughs> British comedy duo, do a send up of whatever happened to Baby Jane, whatever happened to Baby Dawn, and honestly, it is because it's so close to the movie. But it is so funny because just Don French walking around, <laughs> with wig doing these dances (laughs) that's like so good not the whole but a lot of it is like like betty davis has never like grown up from being and she's mean but the the why joan crawford is in a wheelchair is more complicated than it looks okay i'll have to take a look at that it's great i actually rewatched it not that long ago and i was like this is still so held out yes so, yeah, I mean, it's this cast. Okay, so we've got, obviously, we've got Debbie Zip. This is her only non-Donna Mabry uh, yeah. Fletcher role. So this was her first episode. And it's weird that the writer for that episode then was the first, was the writer for her first episode with um, uh, Grady. So it's just like a weird coincidence, I guess. After is the first appearance of Grady. So that was season four. Sorry, I'm just going to flip my book. It does make a noise. I think it's the fish episode. It is the fish episode. And that is season four, episode 19. So about a year later, she appears as Donna. Um, And weirdly- she had the baby. (laughs) Well, this will be the second. So this is the first of two times she appears pregnant on the show. So she obviously wasn't pregnant in real life with this episode. But there's an episode called The Szechuan Dragon where she and Grady go to stay in Jessica's house and she's pregnant with, Je- with Grady's child. And I think she might have been pregnant in real life at the time, but I don't know for sure. So yeah, we have that. We have Art Hindle, who everyone might remember from Murder in the Electric Cathedral. Mm-hmm. He was the bad yeah. husband. Great. So he's very handsome. Yeah. And of course, Harry Morgan, who plays the detective, is from MASH. He played Potter. Isn't he Dragnet Potter. Too? No, he's not Dragnet. Oh, hello. Wait, is he also Dragnet? That's a good question, Ashley. Let me look. Megan is nodding, saying yes. Um, I only remember him from Dragnet, the movie with Tom Hanks and Dan Aykroyd, because he's playing who he played on the TV show Dragnet. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I believe he was in Dragnet. And also, I like it because he's looked older for like his whole career he's like max von Steinow. and yeah. he has a really distinctive voice so when he calls her and he's like 
hello. And, and she's like, who is this? And it's like, it's obvious. It's that guy from Flippin' Mash. <laughs> Same. So you have those guys. We have Art Hindle, uh, Harry Morgan. Jeffrey Lynn was also in The Roaring Twenties with James Cagney. That was his, one of his big ones that I looked up. Wait, so who did you guys just say you thought was so hunky? Art Hindle from Murder in the Electric Cathedral. He plays the husband, Alice's husband in that. He is hunky, but I'm going to go Sam Wilson in this one, if I'm honest. I mean, we could go to hunk. Um, oh, sorry, we don't have to. I just, I actually... No, like no. I mean, it doesn't matter. I was just going to say the one last thing, because I was going to say this is quite a good cast for this episode, was Martha Scott, who played Georgia Wilson, was in Ben-Hur and the Ten Commandments. She has quite a CV. Yeah. Um, and obviously Richard Bamer, we know from, I mean, his most famous credit is The Sound of Murder, of course, but um, <laughs> 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 West Side Story, some movie nobody's heard of. Yeah. <laughs> Murder, she wrote, West Side Story. Yeah. Well, and weirdly, Art Hindle was in Porky's and Black Christmas I know, as well. I that. Do I want to see the original Black Christmas? Is he Whatever. the boyfriend? I can't remember. Uh, honestly it's, it's a long yeah um so yeah let's okay sorry i didn't mean to sidetrack no no this is a hard episode to talk about because there's not really like like it's just sort of like a serious episode of television in a way um and the bits that i wrote down we can we can talk about them as maybe we should go through the beats actually just to kind of start some bits going so just to go through the beats really quickly no thunder and weather except for some of it happened at night secret doors i don't think was there a secret door no only in the miniature city he created (laughs) (laughs) uh poisoning or bludgeoning shooting so this is a shooting with a 38 39 what did she say i can't 38 38 um phone wire cut no no she shaking and all these old-timey actors, I was like, they're going to shake somebody. Didn't happen. Window peep. Are we ready for this? Okay. Sydney looking through Jessica's window when he was shooting at her. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's not the only one, though. Oh, there were so many. There's Sam looking into the living yeah. room. Then yeah. there's uh, Sydney peeping into the living room while Sam's in there clearing out the uh, gun and stuff. There's a lot of peepaging in this. There is peeping at the nursing home, wasn't there? Oh, did they peep at her? Maybe through the window. They were leaving and the sun was there. Didn't they turn around and look at her through the window? Oh, that's a good window peep. I mean, it was just flooded with peeps. (laughs) Loads of peeps. (laughs) Um, Fake name ID. I don't think so. Um, The the fuzz i just said rod wilson i know webb was in it too lieutenant webb but you spend a bit more time with the son who's also a cop who was wearing that shiny jacket you liked from last week i love the shiny jacket but wouldn't he not be like in full uniform investigating like surely this is like in him investigating like out of the goodness of well, maybe he was at work anyways and had come from work and so was just wearing his uniform. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It just it felt like a conflict of interest, maybe, because then he's got all the... Oh, my God. Yeah, of course it is. <laughs> like, absolutely. He's not, like, he's not, like, 
he's just doing it on his own. But I actually thought she had more chemistry with Webb than the other guy. For Kyle. Oh, she had, yeah. Yeah, she showed up at Webb's house. She's <laughs> like, I've heard about your war wound, <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> I was like, Jessica, keep it in your pants for crying out loud. <laughs> so yeah, she didn't really have any cop chemistry with Rod, but she, you're right, she probably did a little bit with Webb. I thought they really liked each other. I thought Harry Morgan had some good lines too. Mm-hmm. Web. Web. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. I mean, bed sheet bingo. Yes. Amazing. Bingo. In I wrote it down thing. twice. <laughs> <laughs> that was in the intro clips as well. It, it was, they knew it was good. They, they, <laughs> yeah. They're like, this is the selling point of the episode. I liked, um, that he he described the bullets like Siamese twins. It's like, in what way? How is that? First of all, obviously, for the obvious reason, it's not obviously very politically correct to describe anything like that, but they're not connected to each other. No. So why would they be Siamese twins? They would just be twins. They would just be, I mean, and if you want to go a step further, identical twins? Yes, he meant to say identical. He said Siamese. Because they're not, yeah, they're not welded together. It wasn't like a two, never mind. No, it, I know. You, actually, you're right. It was a weird thing. And I was like, oh, now that just makes me feel like funny. Like it, it wasn't good. Yeah. Um, it was also a phrase I hadn't heard, I think, <laughs> since 1984. I'm not sure. It's not, it's, yes. It doesn't come yeah. up too often these days. <laughs> no. For sure. <laughs> it's really phased out. I have to say that my favorite line that made me laugh was when she's talking to the granddaughter of Hearn and she's like, my fondest memories as a child were my grandfather fighting with the guy that that killed himself. And I'm like, those are your best memories as a child. And honestly, let's be real, you guys. Like, who remembers what their grandfather, like the business dealings their grandfather had? Like no. most of the time when you're seeing your grandparents, it's not like you're not like on the phone, like sell, 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 buy, buy, buy. <laughs> <laughs> you don't live there. So you don't see no. that much of it. Well, and I thought it was interesting when she was fighting with the granddaughter and she was like, well, you suspect your grandfather more than anyone. And I, I didn't really get that from her just like defending her grandfather. Mm-hmm. She was like, no, my grandfather wouldn't do that. I mean, she was definitely agitated. And then Jessica was like, well, it seems like out of anyone, you suspect your grandfather more than anyone. I didn't really... No, I agree with that. And also it she... didn't really lo- feel necessary. Just felt she like quite that. burned, though, didn't yeah. she? She was like, oh, you've got me. My dad's <laughs> taught me this acting trick that I'll do now. <laughs> Just kidding. She was fine. <laughs> she was very small. Like every yeah, time they showed, Je- she, Jessica made Jessica look like a giant by comparison. Like that woman must have been a foot shorter than her. Right, and Jessica, you know, Angela Lansbury is tall, but I didn't. I think that woman is particularly short. Yeah, yeah, and they put her in some heavy, like, sort of blousey kind of uh, ruffled things, and I was like, this is just making her sink into the ground. <laughs> Make her look so small. Is the um, Lee Strasberg method, is that method acting? Is that the one that um, Marlon Brando did? Isn't it Lee Strasberg that did that stuff? I actually don't know. I think it's the, I think it is. I bet it is. 
It is. But whatever Marlon Brando is doing. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, now we've been dealing with method actors for the last 50 years. Great. Uh-huh. <laughs> it is. Like, just seems so obnoxious. Like, oh, we're going to be walking, like Gary Oldman does it. It's like, oh, you're walking around pretending, pretending to be drag. <laughs> But, yeah, but you know, imagine. you know who does it is, um, <laughs> oh God, sorry. Why am I blanking? Describe is, um, <laughs> is Poirot, oh, David Suchet. Oh, then so never David mind. Suchet, I love that. But so because, no, Megan, I'm the same. When I found out he did it, I was like, I totally forgive all of this. I think that's great. Well, no, I think he should pretend be- to be Poirot all the time. That'd be so annoying. You get you serve him like a poached egg, and he's like, oh, "No, no, no, it is not." <laughs> I, I feel like I would love it because he told it somebody. I was listening to some interview, and they were talking about they'd been working with David Suchet on some movie. Oh, God, I wish I could remember who had told this anecdote, and he had like said, "Oh, I need like some like." career advice or something and David Suchet had given him this career advice but he'd been giving it as whatever the character was that he was playing and so the next day when he wasn't like when the thing had ended he said oh I really hope like you know I was just like playing the part like and I hope you didn't (laughs) (laughs) but it was like it was something lighthearted. like it wasn't something serious I'm sure he would break character for that my favorite acting advice is on extras when um oh god what's his name who plays Gandalf oh Ian McKellen <laughs> Ian McKellen is like I just pretend I'm a wizard and then <laughs> believe I'm a wizard <laughs> oh, <laughs> saying that Lawrence um Olivier was talking to somebody it was something like in um marathon man or something like that 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 i think dustin hoffman might be method Mm -hmm. and he was saying like lawrence olivia he was like getting into character all this stuff and lawrence olivia was like it's called acting (laughs) just like just do it and then get out of it like this is just i don't understand I love that. It's also that's really funny. If I if I find it, I'll, I'll send her. Maybe I'll post it on our Facebook page. But there's a funny Phil Hartman SNL skit where he's teaching an acting class. Like, something. This is nothing. This is something. This is nothing. Like it's really. Good. I know. I know. R.I.P. R.I.P. Love him. I just. I don't. I honestly. That. I just feel like it would be. You're right. Pretty insufferable. Yeah. So I think Lee Strasberg is like the father of method acting, but Stanislavski preceded him. Yes. That's okay. Marlon That's Brando learned under. But mm-hmm. Dustin Hoffman and like Robert De Niro were um, Strasberg. So just wanted to correct that in case. Oh, that's, that's, uh, there was a listener with like steam coming out of their ears about the inaccuracies. <laughs> we didn't Wikipedia this beforehand. We should have done. Okay. So we've done cop chemistry, businessy business. They kept referring to it as a firm, an accountancy firm or something. I, I couldn't quite follow what the business was that they did. It felt investment-y. Yeah, I think investment. Because oh. he was like, we have no money. And honestly, they must have said Mr. Jarvis about 10,000 times in this episode. I was like, I can't. 
Mr. Jarvis. Did they hammer it home? The victim Isn't there like a robot named Jarvis? In yes. What is that from? No, you're right, Glennis. There is a robot called. I'm googling this immediately. We get. It. No, it's a, a robot it's with a British Barbie. accent, right? Like J A, like J. Oh no, Jarvis. Is that from Avengers? Oh, maybe. Yeah. Is Jarvis not the Paul Bettany character from the Avengers that becomes Ultron? I think so. Okay. Yeah. I've only I, really seen Thor Ragnarok, so like I don't. Really- <laughs> I watched them all in a hurry before the final one came out, um, so it's a bit of a blur. And Thor Ragnarok was so good, but the rest of them don't really seem like my cup of tea. We're gonna lose fans here when I say this, but you only need to see Thor Ragnarok. Was- like the rest are fine, they're fun or whatever, but yeah, Thor Ragnarok's the best one. <laughs> yeah, they're not my top favorite genre. <laughs> we were watching Thor Dark World, and I've never seen the end of it. Cause at some point we were watching it and I just got up and left the living room. And Mark was like, about an hour later, was like, do you want to watch the end of it? And I was like, it wasn't over. <laughs> something had happened. And I was just like, and we're done. <laughs> it was like two and a half hours in or something. I was like, I, yeah, it's, I'm good. I was I'm good. Kenneth, I'm was that a Kenneth Branagh one? You know what? I, I don't know. Like, I know he did the first one. Maybe he did that one as well. But honestly, it was like I just had lost interest so much that my brain had let me believe that it was over. Mm-hmm. And I just left it. the room. Like, I will get no more out of this. <laughs> no, I was like, I'm assuming they're all dead, right? Also, one time I came to visit Susanna and all I did was watch Thor, Ragnarok, and Paddington <laughs> 2, which are both fantastic movies. Paddington 2 and Paddington are both the best Amazing. that's all we should be watching is those movies and then just yeah. talking about them i gave nomeo and juliet a try and it just wasn't for me nomeo no. and juliet <laughs> I, like I watched I that on the plane cute. yeah it's fine it's not paddington too let's just be clear to be fair no, no none of them are <laughs> have you not seen paddington too <gasps> ashley you're going to want to get yourself some marmalade and some toast and settle in for the next so five hours. Cute. And the it's original so cute. from Death in Paradise is in it. The one they killed oh off? Oh my god. Yeah. Too Spoiler. Soon. Hugh Grant's also great in it, the second yeah. one. I was about to say, he's... And so is Brendan Gleeson. It's just a fantastic movie. Oh, and the co... The, the other, de- you know, they're the two detectives on Unforgotten. The guy, Sonny, is in it. Yeah. Oh, okay. So San- Sanjeev Baskar? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that his name? Mm-hmm. He's great. He is literally in all British programming. Yeah. That guy. That is great. Um, he's great. He really is great. His wife is. I know. She- oh, I, did, you, did you ever see um, the Kumars? No, they, I, those sort of talk shows. She played the grandma, so she would like get sort of have like old age makeup put on. She was really funny. Um, yeah, he's great. He's great on Unforgotten. He's so precious. I, yeah, he's fantastic. Um, age ain't nothing but a number. Everyone was sort of similarly, yeah. you know, no, there was no weirdly aged couples. The only note from IMDb trivia was that Richard Bamer is actually 14 years younger than the guy that played Sidney Jarvis in the movie. 
So the age of that character would have been much older. In Maybe that's um, why they made it 30 years later instead of 40. Well, and also when you see him, he's 48. So it's like, you know, it's not out of the realm of possibility that, you know, he did, they just aged him, you know, they just made it a little bit, make a little more sense. Like the guy, like when he was younger, I think he looked similar to the, the, the guy who played the, the kid, Sydney. Oh, well, this is the thing. It's like these are good looking Americana teens from <laughs> that age. Like the joke used to be whenever I'd ask Mark to do an American accent, he always goes, gee, Willikers, dad. <laughs> <laughs> Bobby teenager anywhere. Yeah, one, two, three, Main Street. Bobby teenager. One, two, three, Main Street. Actually, do you remember those at the Kabuki Theater? It was like the ID that they would show to show how. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Bobby teenager, one, two, three, Main Street, anywhere, USA. It's because we always showed up like nine hours early for the movie screening. So you sit there and watch those like repeated ads over and over again um that was like what movie were we going to see we were going to see it at the kabuki and the screening right before ours was eat pray love and it was like all pregnant women coming up the expendables expendables, which are great but it was (laughs) different crowd (laughs) yeah it was a different viewing audience i haven't thought of the expendables in a long time (laughs) That movie is probably like 10, 15 years old. Mm-hmm. That is so weird. You need to look up who else is in it. My soul's black. Dracula black. Apparently you made up that line because it's really stupid. Sylvester <laughs> <laughs> Stallone? No, Mickey Rourke. <laughs> Talk about a method actor. I, yeah. Okay, um, actually almost released 10 years to the day, 19th of August. Like, Jeff really? is so much better than everyone else in those movies, if I'm remembering correctly. Well, I love Jet Li. He was great. And uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme was good when You're he right. showed up in the later ones. I thought he was really good. What a, I know Chuck Norris can be, you know, but his, whichever one he was in, I thought he was really giving it his all. I'm not going to lie to you, Megan. My nostalgia factor for Chuck Norris is like a 10 out of 10. Like, I, honestly, it. He's not hes not a good actor, I don't think. I, I'm not sure anybody would say that necessarily, but I have such affection for Walker, Texas Ranger. And you think all the political messaging of that show, I don't really agree with. <laughs> like, of the, but I genuinely loved that show when it was on and would look forward to watching it. I never watched it. I watched Delta Force. You and I were the only two that watched the spinoff Sons of Thunder with the two like monkey guys. And I was like, oh, this movie's fantastic. You know what? I forgot in the Expendables, Dolph Lundgren's in it, who I like also. Yeah, no, he's, Dolph Lundgren's great. All the side characters are good. And Jason, Jason Statham's in it, who I, I really like Jason Statham. I do too. (laughs) Walker, Texas Ranger. They're just walking around like kicking people. I don't know if like like police officers are trained in the art of kickboxing, but Clarence and Walker, that is like all they did was just walk around kicking people. <laughs> and you're like, I love this. 
let's just say there were a lot of shows in the 90s, 2000s that I think only Susanna and I watched. Here's the thing. It's because we had television that we were allowed to watch on a Sunday and Saturday <laughs> night, whereas most people had lives and were doing things. You and me were like 15 years old watching like Profiler and The Pretender I on used to CBS. Watch that too. <laughs> 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 it was like... And then Sunday would roll around, and what would I be watching? I'd be watching Jack of All Trades, Xena Warrior Princess, Hercules, and Highlander. And it was like hours, hours of these and shows. Sinbad, or was that? Oh, oh, Sinbad. And there was also a show called Beastmaster that was not very good. And that was like for already quite bad programming. It was like bottom of the barrel. Was this like the 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 airing like uh re-airing on um upn on sunday yes <laughs> ashley 100 yeah. percent. but actually jack of all trades is a good show and i was sorry it Thank didn't for susanna for saying that we were like the same age because <laughs> <laughs> well profiler was on for about 20 years it's like you, you spent both of our high school runs. Where he was like a kid and he was kept in a lab pretender. that's the pretender that's the pretender with jared yeah. <laughs> I can't believe you've forgotten that, Megan. I remember, I remember the mole on his face. I remember everything about that show. Yeah, and I and felt the- like, I felt like Jeffrey, Jeffrey Donovan from, huh? What's what was that show he was in? With- uh, bl- not Blaze Fire. What was it called? Burn, Burn Notice. Yeah, thank you. So he played the Pretender's brother. Oh, and I think there was like an explosion with a truck, and I distinctly remember him being like all beat up in the back of a truck. You guys, I hate to say it because I don't want to say something's not original, but I think Jared was the original Eleven from Stranger Things, (laughs) kept in a facility, (laughs) trained to be a weapon. Come on, (laughs) then only released as like a forty-five-year-old dude. And sorry, Glennis, what were you gonna say? Oh, I mean, that series that you loved, Susanna, about the kingdoms. Oh, the 10th ten, kingdom with the yeah, tenth kingdom. It was a mini series. It was a mini series. But it's like, oh, God. Sometimes- that guy that plays the wolf, like he's in a human form, but sometimes I just, I'm like, oh, that's the guy, the wolf guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I was trying to figure out who was, um, okay, so. The Pretender, there's a lady on it called Andrea Parker, who, that's the actress's name, who plays the, like, sort of antagonist. Like, she's the one, because he's escaped from the facility, and he's mm-hmm. he's sort of like Quantum Leap. He helps people, and then, or the littlest hobo, helps people, and then moves on. I've <laughs> never heard of, could you explain, what was that? <laughs> the littlest hobo is a British show about a dog. <laughs> It goes from town to town helping people. I mean, I would and at the end of it. every episode, the dog moves on to the next town to help the next group of people. It's called The Littlest Hobo. What? Is this like Wishbone? It is a children's show about a dog. So This is yeah. really cute. I want to watch this. I'm sure it's a golden retriever or something cute. But yeah, so he's, Jared becomes that person and she's always trying to track him down. And I'm sure Andrea Parker is in an episode of Murder, She Wrote. Well, now I gotta look. If you Google her, you will recognize her right away. Like she's in everything. The littlest hobo. 
<laughs> uh, sorry, we've derailed. I'm so sorry. It's because this episode is like fun to watch, but not that fun to talk about. Um, okay. It is a really fun watch because I, I. It you know, is a fun watch. And I looked up the cast of the original movie, and there is no Selma Vande. No, I think they replaced the character with. So, you know, they must have ha- had to change the character around. Yeah, because I wondered if. Well, then I was wondering if they were using clips of June Havoc from uh, whatever that era was, but it did, it, they didn't look that similar. Also, what that lady was wearing, whoever played the secretary in the interview scene with the cop, that like sort of angular pantsuit thing, I was like, that is so, the clothes from that era, like really nice. Yeah, I thought for th- that woman's clothes in the, in the flashbacks, because now she's kind of, it's, it's she's more, a cool grandma. <laughs> I mean, she's like in sweats and everything, but like, and I, I really like her done. I really like Jessica wore like a polka dot scarf. Yeah, the blue, navy blue suit with the navy blue and white polka Oh, dot. yeah. yeah. This, I, I wrote down um, skirt suit game is on point. Mm-hmm. Every yeah. skirt suit she wore looked pretty great. Then I have to hand it to you. Your murder she wrote knowledge is so good. She so that woman is in Race to Death from season twelve. Yes, the boat one, yeah. and she has short hair, and she's Steve Forrest's daughter in that episode. Yeah. Okay, yeah, see that one. Rick Rostovich is in that too. I she's got a son. I remember that. I've seen it kind of recently. I think. Oh God, who knows when I've seen? I keep saying I've seen it recently, but what I probably mean is I've seen it fifty times, so I have a, a very clear picture of it in my head. Um, smooches i actually i loved this sam and georgia smooch at the end mm-hmm. i thought that was sweet so cute and they all it looked like angela had a little tear in her eye when they ended the episode i was like this is so lovely i can't even nothing to say about it except it's sweet spend the time i have left with this beautiful woman <laughs> oh, god it's so cute and the baby and so much to live for and he wasn't going to press charges against Sydney. So 30 a long time. I know I was like I'd be madder but <laughs> I guess didn't she press charges against Sydney for firing a gun in her mm-hmm. well she could have I think she just thought it wasn't worth it because Sydney was already like pretty messed up I don't know yeah she, she was saying what did she say it was like sometimes in the pursuit of the idea of justice, you know, you're not doing what's right, which is just moving on, I guess. And listen, Jessica's been shot at a million times. She's <laughs> like, what, you're going to try this with me? I sleep with a bulletproof vest on. <laughs> She's like, nice try, Sydney. Yeah. I have thought more dangerous men than you have survived before. She's asleep with, like, the middle finger up. She's like, just you try. You're not going to hit me. Um, familial ties... No, eyes closed, head shake. I thought she wasn't going to do it because she did a look of judgment, but then she did it to Sam at the end. Mm, yeah, she did. She was like, but she wasn't disappointed, so I'm not sure what she was. Anyways, Oh, you mean Sydney? She did it to Sydney. No, she did it to Sam when Sam said, "Like you were just trying to protect." Oh no, I think when this maybe Rod was saying, oh, "Jessica, like yeah, that. okay, here we go." fave outfit my fave outfit was georgia's pink turtleneck pink pleated skirt under a knee length like gray wool peacoat okay 
I did like that. I thought that looked, she looked, if they hadn't done her hair so old lady, I thought she looked pretty sharp in that outfit. Because, uh, yeah, I like the blue polka dot um, scarf. Yeah. Yeah. Ashley? Um, I like George's outfit at the beginning. It was black and white. Mm -hmm. So it was like a black blazer, but it was sort of, I don't know, sort of like a looser cut. And it had like, it's much more angular. It looked really nice with a blouse and then a white blouse. And then there was a scarf with the blouse that had like a black outline. Um, Yeah. I hope when I'm 75, someone will be dressing me that nicely because you're right. She looked really, really she looked cute and like yeah. no, she nice. She had nice outfits. Yeah. Uh, worst outfit. I think we know Glennis's. <laughs> what was yeah. yours again, Glennis? The blue and white sweatshirt thing with a matching blue polo underneath with whatever oh. writing was on it. It was horrible. <laughs> I actually, for me, it was the, I can't remember her first name, but her the her the grand mm-hmm. everything she wore yeah because actually yeah. that guy's outfit it's like it made me feel nostalgic for the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> like, and i was just like a very young young child so it's like but no i just i was like if i'd seen a guy in the 80s like wearing that i would have been like that's a cool dude <laughs> It's like that dude looks cool. <laughs> um, no. mine was Terry's teal and pink baby doll dress with the giant bow at the top. It was like, why do we have to dress pregnant women like this? It seems so cruel. Biggest hunk. I mean, interesting. Quite a cast here. Yeah, go on, Glennis. You can go first. Rod Wilson. Yeah. I mean, babe. We wanted to pick him before, didn't we? But then we could. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm going to go Sam then and now. Okay. Ashley? Okay. Rod. <laughs> I said Rod and young Sam. Okay. So there you go. Right. Maybe not now. Maybe not now. I, I feel like, yeah. Um. Okay, J.B. Burns. There were a lot this episode. She was taking people to task yeah. <laughs> not like not administering my justice. favorite was when she shamed uh hern's granddaughter for not pressing the intercom correctly that made me laugh and yes <laughs> it's just like i believe the intercom is the other button i totally missed that so, she mic dropped and then walked out of that room yeah <laughs> wait didn't she do another phone thing yeah because then she the used the button yeah she used to use the intercom correctly. Because <laughs> for background, the, the, the granddaughter was trying to fake using the intercom to like have her, you know, 130 client come in or whatever. And then right. called her, her out. Yep. I forgot. My favorite was when she, she said, um, Dorothy Hearn isn't the only one who's been misrepresenting the facts. She says that to Sydney. Yeah. Sydney's like, I'm scared. Okay, go on, Megan, your turn. I didn't really have that many. I guess I guess when she was calling up Thelma, but then that was more the the son was like, Look, you can either tell us what happened or I'm like 
like arresting you. But yeah, I guess I didn't have that many. You know, revisiting the she shaking when the son grabs them both by the arm to escort them out of the <laughs> That felt she shake adjacent. Yeah. You're right. Actually, you're right. What was what was your JB burn? Did you have one? I don't have one. Um, I did think it was, is it Thelma, the secretary? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, when she just makes a call and she goes, This is a voice from your past. I did like that. that yeah, I, was yeah, like, I liked all that. <laughs> I like that. And I, I liked when Richard Beamer showed up at the at the mother's care home and was just like, well, hello. And you're like, uh-oh. I know, it's so, but he plays it so cool. And it's like, and you're just waiting for him to say something crazy. He never does. I mean, he's sort of just like, um, leave my mother alone, which is right. like, he's totally within his rights to be like, you guys gotta go. <laughs> like, come on. Um, Fave guest star. What do we think? I'm gonna go June H- Havoc, Havoc as the kind of, as the I liked her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ashley? Yeah, June Havoc? Yeah, I mean, I liked all the actors that were in the original film um, mm-hmm. in this one. I, and I just I just really thought the idea was so clever. Yeah, I really... I know, it's brilliant. Yeah, I can't believe nobody else has done this. It's so, so. such a fun thing to do. Yeah. You really got three of the leads to all want to do it. Oh, and I always do love Richard Boehmer because he just plays it really interesting. He always makes an interesting choice when he's acting, and I, I like it a lot. Yeah, that monologue when he's in the chair and he's using his hands in a very weird, I don't know, it just was, like, creepy, and then also, like, ooh, this guy's going through some stuff. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. And then he's not even really there, right? He's not totally... I loved when he opened the double doors at the beginning. It's like, oh, <laughs> you're just like, this guy's crazy. Yeah. This guy's going to be trouble. <laughs> you're like, no kidding. Glynis, you turn. I'll go Richard Boehmer because I really enjoyed the tiny village and the double door opening. Mm. Yeah. When he goes, when they're like, oh, what about Mrs. Jarvis? And he goes, I'm a bachelor. And you're like, yeah, I saw the miniatures. No kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I know people are married. I like miniatures, but I love I love this time period where like being a bachelor is like a just a lifestyle choice. Like, do you know what I mean? It's not just like he's single. It is like, oh no, I may I'm never getting married. This, this is, is a just commitment. me forever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I did. Yeah, I'm the same, Glennis. I I liked everybody. I thought they were all great. Um. <sighs> I just, yeah, probably Richard Boehmer is my favorite. Although I did really like Harry Morgan, too. I thought he was very good. Yeah, the scene where she first meets him was great. Yeah, but yeah, every, I mean, God, yeah, June Havoc. Mrs. Jarvis iced him. That's what she says. <laughs> and she says, can you believe the nerve of that guy? <laughs> <laughs> she was just, like, accusing her of blackmail. I was like, yeah, okay. Oh, Glynis's guess. You were right, weren't you? Did no, you guess? I was wrong. Oh, no, you I guessed, guessed Thelma. Sorry. And I was still wrong. <laughs> I guessed Thelma, and then I guessed the son. The, the son I did have written in my notes early on as the son, question mark. Uh, I, I did think it might have been the wife, but yeah, I was wrong. It was the wife. And I made a mistake, and I, I like, congratulated her for guessing the son, but then I forgot that that's not. 
Well, he didn't do it himself, but he covered it up. So it, there is an inv- level of involvement. Well, I, but I, and I couldn't quite work out like the age, like that, because that was what was holding me up. I was like, okay, I, I didn't think about how he, how old he was in that in the episode, but like if his dad was in his seventies and it was meant to be thirty years prior, like, and then you know he's maybe. 20 years younger than his dad I was like I it just didn't seem to like add up right uh so I was like god was he like 15 years old in that so that's what gave me some hesitation yeah there's a lot of because of the time jumping and everything it is a little bit I mean, and then they have to kind of retrofit the ending in because obviously they changed it from the movie. So they did my favorite thing. Plus, we remember from um, uh, Menace Anyone where they have just feet. (laughs) (laughs) And this time the feet were wearing spats to make it like, you know, time appropriate that it would be in the 40s. It was just little feet coming out of shadows and jumping behind things. And they're like... Um, and then I guess they just put a wig on Gloria Stewart. <laughs> that part is pretty amazing. <laughs> They're like, we're not going to put on any makeup. <laughs> we're just going to leave it exactly the same. Like, in 30 years. <laughs> um, okay, so we're on to our last little bit. What, is there I anything else people... Keep track of time, so I think we're like over an hour uh, yeah we're over, well not too bad um anything anybody wants to add before we go on to the last little bit there was a lot of fruit peddling from the mate from the concert <laughs> yeah. yeah mangoes she needed yeah. that yeah i like that that's it that was our one little comedic moment i like, I like oh it. there's so much fruit <laughs> um what does the terror of the OSS mean? That's what that's what George says about Webb, about Lieutenant Webb, who is the terror of the OSS. That's what I'd written down. Does anyone know what that means? No, but I'm happy no. to Google it. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> the Russian Secret Service. Um, would he have been involved with the Russians? No, like fighting. If he was the. Oh, oh, I don't I'm know. I'm not sure, actually. Yeah, the only thing I wanted to add was that hotel room's decor was... I know what you mean, though, Megan, because you said something made you feel, like, a bit nostalgic for the 80s. It was, like, it was so 80s and so, like, beachy 80s that it was, like, I it's bad, but I kind of also like it. Also, I was wrong. OSS's Office of Strategic Services, which is a wartime intelligence agency of the United States during World War II. It was right, the precursor okay. to the CIA. Oh, gosh. There you go. Okay. Favorite moment overall ranking. Megan, do you want to go first? Okay, yeah. Favorite moment. Maybe that part where she first meets Terry Morgan and he just kind of goes off. But I did like Sydney's kind of meltdown in the chair when he's describing what happened. I mean, it was, but uh, so I give this, I'm torn between giving it an eight or a nine. I really like this episode. Mm -hmm. Let me go. I'll go nine. I'm going to go nine. Okay. Glynis is going to give it a one now. Okay. Glynis, what was your favorite moment? (laughs) No. uh, (laughs) Favorite moment is when Sydney opens up 
the doors and when Sydney <laughs> surprises them with a single rose at the mother's care home, which was just oh, so no. creepy on so many levels. <laughs> I love the mother. Um, and an eight. Oh, it an eight. I enjoyed it. Interesting. I stayed off my phone. Yeah, it's compelling. Um, Ashley? Um, I think I think when Sydney is sort of having that meltdown in the chair, that mm-hmm. monologue, that was probably one of my favorite moments. And I think I would give it a nine too, because just because of its originality. I mean, it's just that was that was what really like impressed me. I I think you're right about the favorite moment. I think it is that bit at the end with with Richard Bamer. I loved his glasses. I loved all his glasses work with it. And I just thought, you know, I love this. Um, and I agree. I'd probably also give it a nine because it's an original idea, but it's done, I think, very coherently. So you you totally, for the most part, follow what's going on and you get to this conclusion and it it's it's I think it's a lovely episode. So yeah, I really like this one. Yeah, I do too. Also, during his meltdown, I just love the like final scene where it then juxtaposes him with his the portrait of his parents. Oh yeah, mm. yeah. It's yeah, and she knows she's like justice has already been served here. This guy's <laughs> suffered. <laughs> like yeah, you got it, Jessica. Um, but yeah, I yeah, I think it's a great one. Um, I don't know what we're doing next time. I haven't done the generator yet. And obviously we've got, we keep mentioning <laughs> episodes and in every episode we go add it to the list. Right. There's no list. <laughs> I've not written a single one of them down. So, well, you know. <laughs> I like to add things to the list. I just add it to the list. We said it, in the last episode, we said it, I think, three times. And every time I'm like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was like, oh, who's writing it down? Not me. Um, but yeah, anyways, well, thank you so much, everybody, for listening and for joining in on the Facebook page and for um, and for participating in the polls and stuff. Um, if you listen on Apple, uh, if you wanted to rate and review us, that would be preferably a higher star number than <laughs> <laughs> I can convince you to give us five stars I would but um, <laughs> but yeah that would be lovely if you have time but um, yeah thanks for listening and we'll hopefully you listen again next week bye bye, bye. I mean is Megan going to take us with her when she goes outside yeah, yeah I think well, I hope so <laughs> <laughs> She just went right down there.